Welcome to the Transition Bridge Podcast, the podcast that will help you embrace, grow, and be transformed by the transitions of life. Now here's your host, Debbie Ronka. Hello and welcome to the Transition Bridge Podcast. This is Debbie Ronka, your host. And today I have a wonderful guest and a special friend, Kate Wendell. Kate Wendell is the co-creator of the Finding Him Challenge and also the co-founder of Family OS. Kate is going to talk to us today about her personal story and the topic of singleness. Now, to me, this is such an important topic to discuss, and I'm really excited that we're going to take a deep dive on this today. Now, if Kate were to share in her personal words, this is what she would say. Since I was a little girl, I wanted to be a wife and a mother. I also wanted to be a performer and a teacher. My desire to perform led me to have a 20-year career in TV and radio, primarily on Sirius XM radio. From outward appearances, I had a successful life because of my high-profile career. As I entered my 30s, I just became more miserable with each passing year, that I was still single without a family of my own. In my late 30s, I started working on myself as a part of an exit strategy from the guy that I'd been living with for the past three years. Eventually, that process led me to marry my dream man, and I have two kids now, all of this done while I was over the age of 40. Becoming a wife and a mother was truly the missing piece for me. And I know it is for so many other women too. And I'm blessed to share the process that I learned to help you find the one too. Kate, welcome to the Transition Bridge Podcast. I'm really thrilled that you're here today. Oh, Debbie, thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to be here. Well, you know, I love this discussion on being uh, the singleness, you know, because there is this huge transition of going from being single to becoming married. There are two distinct events in our life, two distinct seasons for a woman to walk through. Each one carries its own signature. Mm -hmm. And so I really want to hear what it is, uh, your story, and what it is that you've learned to help women process and transition from being single to the new season of being married. Yeah. Um, so as, as you read in the bio, when I was a little girl, you know, grownups, they asked little kids, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I always responded, I want to be a mom. And as I even got a little older, uh, you know, the preteen and teenage years, I would say, um, I don't want a career. Uh, I, uh, I'll work if, if we need a little extra money and I'll find a part-time job or something, but, but my full-time job will be my kids. Like I want to be a stay-at-home mom and God had different plans for me. I, I did get engaged at the age of 23. I was, uh, dating a man who, uh, really good guy, really, you know, not, I, I don't have anything bad to say about him. He just wasn't the right guy. And uh, about six months into the relationship, I realized, or, or I should say into the engagement, uh, I, I realized like 
yeah, I actually said yes for the wrong reasons. I wanted marriage so badly that I said yes to a man who was going to give this to me. And I think a lot of women put, put themselves in that position. They're saying yes for the idea of something, saying yes, that they want something so badly that they'll compromise. And again, this man was a good man. He would have treated, you know, he treated me well. We, he would have treated me well throughout our marriage, um, but he wasn't the right guy. And there wouldn't have been that real love, that true love that should be within a marriage. Um, and so I called off the wedding, which was an extremely difficult time in my life. Um, but at the same time thinking, okay, my, my other guy's going to be around the corner. Like this, like mm-hmm. I'm going to find him. And what ended up happening was uh, something totally different. I ended up in radio and building a career in New York City. Uh, doing, uh, I started out as a traffic reporter and then I became a DJ. And I, uh, like you said, mo- most of my career at Sirius XM. And, um, and the whole time I'm thinking, where is this guy? And I was in a hard rock music scene, which is not very godly. And I always, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a godly woman. I'm like, okay, but if I'm here, that means I could find someone else. Like I can find some guy in here. Like I'm the exception to the rule in this industry. I'm sure there's another exception and there's a good guy in this, in this field. And so I kept, you know, hanging on to these like mustard seeds of hope. And, um, and it just, it just weighed me down every time meeting a guy that just did not fill the buckets that were most important to me and what I needed as a, uh, a real foundation to a relationship and ultimately a marriage. And, and I, I realized as I was about, I want to say around 30, somewhere around 37. And I'm like, yeah, I'm actually not going to find this guy in my field. And I need to start putting myself in other places where I would find him. And so I, you know, I did church things, really didn't find him there. Um, I, I, I got um, exposed to uh, creating my own online business, which was actually what I thought would be a solution to the relationship that I was in. We talked about money and he didn't, he didn't want to get married because uh, uh, money was the issue. He was a native Italian. So we would have to go back and forth between New York and Italy. And that, you know, that costs money. So we need money. And I'm like, okay, cool. I'll start my own business and create some income. And ultimately that um, I, I call that experience my saving grace because it helped me through a breakup. I was like, it's either going to help me through a breakup or it's going to be the solution to the so-called problem. And it helped me through the breakup. And Um, and it was in that journey of creating my own online business that I learned about personal growth, personal development. I used Mm. to think those, you know, self-help books were for the, the wacky, the people who really needed some help. And, you know, I had such a misconception of like all these self-help books out there. And I'm like, man, no, in order to actually live life to the fullest, uh, in the full potential that God created us to be in you got to grow. You got to keep learning. You got to be a student. Right. And so that business opportunity allowed me to embrace personal development. And I'm so glad that I took it again. It was my saving grace. It really opened a lot of doors. And based off of that, I started putting myself in other uh, places like personal development seminars or business seminars Um, just different kinds of events, talking to different people who were of like mind 
And because of that, it put me into a place where I met my now husband. Um, and we, and, and the event that we went to, it was so funny. We didn't even like talk to each other the whole, it was like a three day weekend, uh, event. And we didn't even talk to each other until, uh, the very end when we had both committed to, you know, continuing the journey with this mentor and, uh, and we exchanged, you know, Facebook messages or something like, Hey, let's be friends on Facebook. And we didn't talk until a few weeks later. And at the time when he messaged me, I thought he was like, I thought he was a listener uh, from, from radio. And I'm like, who's this guy talking, you know, sending me a message. Like it, it didn't, he wasn't even on my radar. And, um, but we got to know each other. We were of like mind. We were supporting each other as like accountability partners in the same business field, personal growth. And it was through that process that we, and we're long distance. He was in Colorado. I was in New York city and we just got to know each other to realize that there was so much more that we had in common and and we had foundational pieces in each other that we wanted for this next relationship that would come into our life and um and that was something that we were very clear on individually of what we wanted in a relationship and marriage that because we had decided that individually before we met when we got together and we got to know each other we realized oh we're actually on the same page. We are kind of different people. We still laugh about our differences. Uh, he's, he's born and raised a Nebraska boy. I'm a city girl. Like we've got lots of differences, right? I'm like, put me on a beach. He wants to climb a mountain. You know, we, we, we approach things differently um, for certain things. And yet foundationally, we are on the same page. And that's what I teach my women to, to really understand that you've got to be clear about what you want, what you're going to tolerate, what you will not compromise on. We compromise ourselves because we're like, oh, he's cute or, oh, he makes me feel good. And yeah, you want, you want those things, but that's not to the root of what makes a marriage work. And so we needed to, and we really needed to have that in place because the first year of marriage was horrible. <laughs> so <laughs> it was horrible. It was really not good. Um, but but because we were very clear about those foundational pieces at the start of our relationship, it it forced us to push through, find solution, not give up. Like the divorce word was not even an option. It never it never has been an option in our in our marriage because. We were in it to be committed and know that we are going to grow no matter what. We are going to learn together no matter what, and we're going to figure it out. And, uh, and, and people nowadays don't have that mindset. They really don't. In fact, you know, that's one of the things my husband and I both share when we uh, were engaged. Like we would never say the D word. Like it wasn't an option. Like mm -hmm. we're going to work through so I want to go back to some of the things that you were sharing. And what I was thinking, Kate, is you're right. We as women will make compromises of who we really are. We'll make concessions because we so want this next thing in life. We'll actually sometimes change who we are to accommodate the other person. And, you know, sometimes you know, we can become people pleasers. 
In other words, we want to please the other person so much we change ourselves and then we lose our convictions. Mm-hmm. And like you said, that's where it gets really unstable. And I, I love the fact that your whole concept is know who you are, know what you're going to go to the mat and fight for. Like, what are your values? What are your convictions? So you bring your whole self into the next relationship. And I think that is so healthy because I think we lose. And you know what I find interesting is all the times you were looking, you couldn't find him. But isn't that so random how God is? Like he surprises us. Yeah. <laughs> and he over delivers. Yes. He over delivers every time. We can't even fathom the goodness and the amazing things that he has for us. That if we would just follow the path he has for us, if we would just live in truth of who we are and what God wants for us, he will over deliver. And he has every time, even with the challenges that, I mean, Tanner and I are coming up on five years of marriage. We're still young. We get it right. He's divorced. Uh, he's, he's, uh, he's younger than me. He's 11 years younger than me. So he's younger. Uh, he had an early, um, early marriage and, and, and divorce. Um, he was also a dad early on. And so we had blended family issues that we have to, we had, we have to work on and, and, and still like still to this day, dealing with blended family topics are challenging. Um, and then I got pregnant right away. And so I'm, I moved across the country and didn't have any friends or family in Colorado. I got pregnant right away after we got married. So now I'm hormonal. I've got a blended family that I don't, I don't know how to be a stepmom. I mean, all these dynamics, I feel alone. I'm like the one guy who's my person I'm like arguing with. I mean, we had a lot going on in that mm. first year of marriage. And, and I will still say, even with the challenges, he has over delivered. He, he is more, Tanner is more than what I could have dreamt of in, in, in coming up with my, my, you know, my dream guy. Right. And, and I just believe that he, if we can trust God in the path that he has for us, you will feel joy and fulfillment. The struggles will be easier to handle and you will find like greater abundance than we could ever think of and desire for ourselves. Well said, you know, there's something so powerful about waiting on the Lord. That's a song right now by Elevation Worship. Oh my gosh, we play that in the house all the time. We're like, wait on the Lord. (laughs) Ah, I love Elevation (laughs) Worship. Oh my gosh, it's so true because it protects us. Mm -hmm. And so what do you think goes on? And, you know, all of us women, we can... I'm trying to think how to pose this question because what is it that we do to ourselves that prevents us from waiting? Hmm. What is it that we reach for? What is it that we settle for? What is it that we press through? Even though, even though like we may know inside, this isn't quite right. What is it about us? Like, what have you found as you're working with women, what is that common denominator? So I actually think it's two things. I think we come from a little bit more of a science perspective, and then there's a spiritual perspective. So when we look at psychology, 
Um, and I'm, I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a therapist. I, uh, I've just done work for myself. I read a lot. Um, I have resources that I go to and what, and I actually, uh, just recently finished this book called captivating, which is, um, a, a couple who, uh, you know, they're, they're part of, um, godly ministry and, and work that they do. And they come, they come the, this book captivating specifically for women comes from a place of the wounds that we have as little girls, right? So when we take the psychology part of it and recognize that we had examples in early childhood, our, our brain is 50% programmed, baked, however you want to say it by five years old, 85% by eight years old, right? So we're running as adults with childhood programming. And so what our experiences have been as a child are now dictating even subconsciously, right? We don't, we don't, we don't realize some of the things that we're doing consciously, but it's coming from these childhood experiences. And if you didn't have great childhood experiences, um, that unfortunately is part of the root of why we're making choices. We're compromising ourselves. We're not living in conviction. We're looking to fill the void, the wounds, uh, heal, you know, with things that we think will help when in actuality, uh, it, it just creates the, the cycle more and more and why we're seeing divorce, um, so high as well in the book captivating though, she talks about the question as a little girl, um, that, that every little girl just wants answered. Am I lovely? Right. Am I lovely? Right. Am, am, am I seen? Am I heard? She wants to twirl her little dress and daddy, daddy, can you see me? Right. And I get goosebumps and shells just thinking about it because every little girl just wants to be seen and heard as every woman does. And if we don't get that, then we seek where we can get that validation. And so, yes. when we can act, right. And so when mm -hmm. we can actually lean into God, lead into Jesus to help fill that void, to heal the wound, he will heal it. And so I think there's just a mixture of where the personal development part, how we can, we can, uh, you know, be a part of communities like what you have, Debbie, right? Like just the communities that we create to help our minds stay focused on what is good, true and just right. And, and that helps to undo the work that happened in early childhood. And then you, you let God do the rest, right? Lean into God to help you, um, heal those wounds. And so he, he, he does the impossible part, right? So we have, you know, we have, I, I, um, uh, one of the women I had in one of my challenges, she said, cause I was talking about plans and making goals and having a vision, right? Scripture says where there is no vision, the people perish, right? And we've got to think about where we're going. You got to think about what you want for your future. Otherwise you're just going to live by default. Right. And so this is just something that I, I teach and I talk about, and the girl, the one woman was like, well, um, I always heard the saying that we make plans and God laughs. And I think I'm like, okay, I get that. Right. God's got a plan for us. And I believe that, but I also, my, my counter to that now is we, God won't do our part and we can't do God's part. So we That's have right. to show up and do our part and then allow God to do the rest. And so to just kind of, you know, coming back to your question, I believe that there is work that we can do 
to heal and retrain how our mind thinks, the belief systems that we have, creating our thoughts and actions, like it's all tied together. And so if we can just work at undoing that, that's stuff that we can do, right? We can seek, um, you know, communities and groups and counsel to just help us and then lean into God, lean into Jesus and say, okay, Lord, you've got the rest. You help me heal this. Help me find the resources that I need. Help me to be able to let go. Um, Absolutely. And, and that's where I believe it's, it's, it's a combination. And we're just, we're just looking to be seen and to be heard and to fill a void. And that's why we compromise. But if we can actually understand where it's all coming from, we can, we can heal it in a really beautiful way. That's so beautifully said. And it's true. It always goes back to those father wounds. And, and then sometimes, like you share, we find our value and worth and beauty in other things because we could not find it in our natural father, but our heavenly father crowns our life and gives us this beautiful garment to wear. And, you know, I was reading today and I hope this helps our listeners. So when Jesus was walking through the towns, there were two blind men and they cried out and said, son of God, have mercy on us. And Jesus response to them was, what is it that you want me to do? Mm -hmm. Now it's very obvious they're blind. So that should have, you know, but Jesus wanted them to specifically ask because there's something very powerful when we're not vague. Mm-hmm. In other words, Lord, I hurt, I've been wounded, mm-hmm. I don't understand, but I need this pain healed. I need, Lord, for you to take me to that place where I'm whole so you can present me to my future husband. I mean, specifics. Yeah. And I don't know if that helps anybody that's listening, but it, it even helps ourselves if we could be more specific in what it is that's going on so we can actually a- acknowledge it and bring it forward, press into God. Because like you said, he, he over... He overwhelms us. He over delivers yeah. mm-hmm. and some, and he heals us of things sometimes that we're not even aware of. Yeah. And it's so freeing. One of the other things that um, just came to mind as you were sharing that story is in, in this captivating book, um, she talks about the creation of women, right? We, we see throughout history, how women have in various cultures were second class citizens were, were, were shunned, uh, you know, uh, I mean, even, even through Jesus's time. Right. And so, um, there, there is this, um, overall, like even in America, right. We, uh, women fight for better pay, right. There's all these various stories along history that we, um, we see as women we're, we're told even discreetly, um, that we're not worth enough, right? We're not worthy. We're not good enough. Uh, we come second, right? And especially as mothers, right? We're so used to putting ourselves last, right? Everyone else comes first. The thing that really stood out to me in this, in this book though, was um, when they brought it back to creation. And if you read Genesis, right? And you think of creation, God created the world, he created everything, the heavens, the earth, the waters, the animals, everything. And it was good, right? He talks about how good it is. 
and that he need, and then he created man to be in relationship with him. But when he saw man, like, and everything's good, right? God created everything. You have the earth. Everything is beautiful. There's man. He is, he is in pure innocence. There's no sin yet. Right. And it is a beautiful relationship, man and God. And God still said, something's missing. Something isn't Mm. right. Right. And it's not, it's not to say if your vocation is to stay single or if it's to get married, I'm not saying that, you know, in, in wherever your path leads. But my point is, is that woman created was the final piece to this masterpiece that God created. And that to me is true significance. We are important. If you look through scripture of the, the value and the strength and uh, the importance and significance that women have played throughout the Old and New Testament, we are of great worth yes. and, so, and, and created in his image. And so let's start, to, let's start to tell the story of how we see ourselves as God sees us, right? Not what this man said because of his wounds. It's said out of his wounds, right? What daddy didn't do um, because of his own wounds that he didn't heal or what this boyfriend said, or this ex-husband said, you know, let's not see ourselves in that value or even just another, what another woman, I mean, women can be mean too. Right. And what they're saying, these things out of their own wounds, let's start looking at ourselves as God sees us. And he, he put us on this earth as the finishing touch to this grand masterpiece that he created. I love that. Right. I mean, like I read that that and I'm like, oh my, like I was in tears the first time I read it. I was like, this is the most beautiful thing. And, uh, and it really just gives us a different perspective of how we should look at, at women in, in our world and, and of ourselves. Absolutely. And, you know, we were, uh, taken from Adam's side Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're there to be helpmates. We, mm-hmm. you know, we're the answer to a lot of things that yeah. a man needs and vice versa. God created that way. Yeah. And, you know, just listening to everything that you're sharing, like I, the way I look at transitions, we're actually transformed. Yeah. And, and I think there's a time while we're single, what are we doing to transform ourselves? Like you brought up personal growth um, our spirituality, like as we're transitioning into a potential new season in our life, what are we doing to transform ourselves? And I think that's a a major role too. Don't you think? A hundred percent. Um, I share with, uh, the ladies I work with that you are becoming the right person for the right person. Love that. This This isn't about, oh, there's something wrong with you and you have to change in order to find the guy or, you know, I mean, look, we, I think there's room for improvement for, for everyone, you know, at, at various stages in our life, there's always room to learn and grow and, and, uh, do more, be more, you know, um, not, not in the sense of, of, oh, let me chase things because I'm not satisfied. It's just to just always be a student, right. Always be open and, and learn and grow. Um, to be in full potential of how God created us to be. And that to me is, is a, a lifelong journey. And so in the stage of being single, looking for that right guy, it's how can I show up as, as my best self, 
right? How, how am I being my best self to come to the table? The guy is the bonus, right? He's, he's the icing on the cake. You living in your, you know, in full potential and your best self, the way God sees you, then there's fulfillment and joy in that, that you can be okay with where you are in life and still say, okay, but I'm, I'm striving for more. I, I had on my heart since I was a little girl, I wanted to be married and I had to accept and get to a place when I was single that I'm like, I'm okay with this. I'm okay with where I'm at. I, 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 uh, I accepted the, the decisions that I made in my adult years that led me to where I'm at, at this time, I took ownership, right? We got to take ownership and responsibility of the choices we've made. Um, which again, not a lot of people want to do. It's kind of a hard, a hard thing to, to do sometimes, but important. And if you can do that, then you can say, okay, I am, I am okay with where I'm at and here's what I'm working on. And so to continue to focus on the vision that you have for your future. And that's what I did. I did, I did various things. I, um, I made changes in my health so that I could be the best temple for a baby because I still wanted to be a mom. And so mm-hmm. as I was single, I made sure that I took care of my health so that I could be in the best place. And you know what? I got pregnant probably like on wedding night. I mean, like, <laughs> or, or really, really shortly after that. Um, and, uh, and then when, uh, after I had my daughter, um, it, she was born in January by December. We're like, okay, I think we could do this one more time. I could do this one more. Cause at that point I was like 43 and I'm like, oh my gosh, like, oh, really? wow. A lot, you know, Ooh. it's a lot on your body. And so I'm like, okay, I think I could do this one more time. Plus I had a, she was a very traumatic birth and I had a lot of stuff that I needed to work through, but December I said, okay. I could do this one more time. Let me do this one more time. I've always wanted to be a mom. I can't just stop at one. Like, let me just one more time. And I got pregnant in February, right? Like ah! two months later. So I got <laughs> pregnant really easily because I took care of my body, right? I, I lived my life in obedience to what God had called for me. Um, I, and, and just a quick story here. I was, Tanner and I were, were dating. We were in a rough patch. He wanted to break up with me. I didn't, accept it. So we were in this weird place. I'm like, no, nope, I don't accept your breakup. Um, we'll <laughs> and so I'm sitting, I'm like devastated though. And I'm sitting on my couch. I spent about a week in just like absolute science silence. Like just, I went to work and otherwise I came home and it was just quiet and really discerning. Like what is going on with my life? Like, am I really here again? And I'm going to be single again. Like, what does this, what does this mean? And I heard clear as day, a voice say, how can I give you what you want if you don't act like you want it? And it literally like knocked me off the couch. And I thought that's God being very clear of what do I need to still change in my behavior to show God that I want what I'm asking for. And so I, I had to have a real comp, like continued the conversation with Tanner. I said, Hey, there's certain things that I, I, this is what happened. I got to change some things. Are you on board? He was, uh, and you know, we continue to work through the relationship and, and now, you know, married almost five years. So, I mean, it's, it, God is watching and he wants to see mm-hmm. that you are taking care of what he has already given you and yourself. Right. 
so that he can give you more. He wants to give you more. And so that's where I feel like as you transition from single to married, maybe you're in a relationship and wondering if he's the right guy, really think about who, who are you? You know, we call them the non-negotiables. What are the non-negotiables, the foundation pieces that will help you create the foundation of a relationship and marriage, right? We know we can't build a house or a building on cracked foundation. And the same goes for our relationships. And so that's where you got to get really clear. And, and if the guy that you're with is not on board, then he wasn't meant to be. It's going to crack at some point anyway. Get out sooner than, than later. And be willing just, to let go. Be willing to yeah. let go. Hey, Kate, do you have a framework that you use for the yeah. word single? That yeah. Maybe could you run through that? Sure. So, yeah, I uh, created this. Um, uh, and I got to give props to my husband, too, because he helped we we. You kind of help put this together, um, and uh, and sometimes he he gets the ideas a little bit clearer than than I do. And so we came up with um, single as an acronym for the framework, where it's about story and identity. Uh, so the S story I is um, identity, and the N is for non negotiable. So that's the first half, and that's really kind of the meat of the framework. This is the this is the the deeper stuff the root of what's going on, understanding our belief systems, where they come from. We look back into our childhood, um, understanding that our beliefs create our thoughts and based off of our thoughts, it creates our actions. And so we're doing things even subconsciously because of ultimately what our beliefs are about ourselves, about the world, about relationships, about men, like whatever it is. Right. Um, and so we, we really start to, and, and because of that, it creates an identity. We have an identity tied to the stories that we tell ourselves. And so we really kind of work and unravel that. And then we create the non-negotiables. What are the foundational pieces? And we talk about um, growth, communication, finances, family, and uh, like health, right? Like those are sort of like the, the five buckets that we put non-negotiables in and get clear about what that looks like. One of the thing for Tanner, one was the driving force to get everything everything else to fall into place. And that was growth. He knew that if he was with a woman who was open to growth, like you'd be able to figure out all the other stuff. For me, it was communication. I knew that communication was the number one because we would be able to, even in difficult conversations, we could figure and work things out and, and find solution. And so when you look at the five buckets, usually there's one that's sort of the art overarching that will drive the other ones. And then, um, and then the, the tail end of it is more about the gifts, love, and energy. We all have gifts. Mm. We, get, we get gifts from relationships, even bad ones, um, to really look at past relationships and say, yeah, that was kind of a toxic relationship, but here's what I learned, right? And so it's sort of like a lesson, right? That's a gift. You learn something. It's a, it's a gift that you can take with you into future relationships or how you, how you want to be. My last boyfriend before Tanner, um, he taught me generosity. And although we had some poor communication and language barrier and massive fights and just, I mean, uh, there's just, just drunkenness. Like he was a sommelier, so we were drinking all the time. I mean, it's just not a healthy relationship at all. And, um, and yet there was still a goodness about him and he taught me generosity more so than I was practicing it before. And so that's a gift, right? It's a gift. Mm -hmm. Love, mm -hmm. loving where you are, loving yourself, 
love is always the answer, even when you want to retaliate, right? Like love is always the answer. And Jesus is the perfect example of that, right? He always showed love um, mm-hmm. in how he, and how he responded to people and show that compassion um, to the people who were, were not doing, you know, good deeds and things. So love's the answer that is to the people who are around us as well as how we love ourselves. Cause that can be a really hard thing. We don't always take care of ourselves. Um, and then the last piece is energy. It's what we put out. I remember a guy I was dating. Um, we became friends. Um, we became friends because we were still in the industry, even though we, we had stopped dating. And I remember just being out and he was like, yeah, but Kate, it's like, it's like the aura, like the energy that you're putting out. And I got super defensive. I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm happy, blah, blah, blah. Meanwhile, <laughs> I really had like this wall put up, right? I, I was, I was kind of, you know, that witch with a B sometimes, even though that's not how I would ca- categorize myself. And, um, and, and I get it now, right. There's just sort of this aura. There's, there was this harshness that I was putting out there because I was trying to protect myself right? I didn't want to get hurt again, but to soften that women, like our femininity is so beautiful. We shouldn't, we shouldn't have to hide it. We can still show strength and independence and courage in our femininity and to find that balance. And so we talk about that as well as sort of the ending piece to the single framework. I love that framework. Wow. That is so powerful. So Kate, before I want you to share about some of the challenges that you do with women and the programs that you have, but I have one final question for you. So you know how like you're in your home and you have like a a something framed on the wall. Mm -hmm. If you could come up with a phrase or a word of encouragement that would be put in that frame for every woman to have hanging up somewhere in her house that she could see every day where that phrase would speak life to her, that phrase would bring her hope or encouragement. Like what would your, what would your phrase be in that frame? Oh, that's a good question. You didn't, you didn't forewarn me on that one. Uh, (laughs) um, (laughs) I think the phrase I would say, and it's really coming from, the women I'm working with and understanding where their struggles are and what they're trying to release and working on releasing is that you are worthy. You're worthy. perfect. Perfect. That covers it all. Yeah. And if you could read that every day for everyone who's listening to remember you are worthy. You are, Yeah. you are worthy. Well, Kate, tell us, you know, about your programs, because yeah. I just know there's so many women right now saying, how do I connect with Kate? What can, how can I connect with her, with her programs, her challenges, because I want help. Why yeah. don't you tell us? Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Debbie. Um, so really, I love just bringing women in uh, during one of my week challenges. It's a five-day challenge. In fact, uh, starting one that's called Love Yourself first challenge. So it officially starts uh, today, February 7th. And uh, it's not too late. You can, you can get in and register. So don't feel like you're going to miss anything. Um, I do it in Facebook. So the recordings are there and you'll have access to everything through the week. And this is really just to get you an introduction to um, that single framework, right? So you just, you know, come in, it's free. 
we, we, um, we, we uh, train about no more than an hour. Maybe it's like even sometimes 45 minutes. Um, I do a VIP where like you can get a little more access as well. Um, and so, so that's um, happening this week. I will also have uh, come this spring, another challenge that's called the finding him challenge. And again, really just understanding the single framework and just starting to get um, an, a, an idea of how we can start to switch things up. And then from there, if you want to continue on, like I've got boot camps and, and other cool things going on, but I, I'll, I share that in the challenge. So you could go to um, selflove.info to register for this week's challenge and would love to have you a part of it and just um, come in and, and take care of yourself, right? Love yourself first. That's the foundation, isn't it? To love ourselves. And I will have all of Kate's contact information in my show notes and highly recommend, you know, I participated in one of her challenges a couple years ago and she really has a heart, a heart for the heart of the woman. And she really has the skill set to bring everything together to give you clarity and wisdom and to help you move forward from the place that you're at, celebrating where you're at, but moving forward to be transformed into all that you're called to be. So Kate, I just want to thank you for being with me today on the Transition Bridge podcast, where all of us come together to embrace, grow, and be transformed by the power of our transitions. Thank you for joining us today on the Transition Bridge Podcast. We appreciate you. If you enjoyed listening today, please go ahead and subscribe or review the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget to check out the show notes. And for more information about Debbie, go to DebbieRonka.com. That's D-E-B-I-R-O-N-C-A.com.